The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hey, hello everyone. Um, You're so welcome here. Thank you so much for your support. We've been working on this to try and um, actually make it work. So I've just been reading some of your comments and thanks also for helping each other out. You're absolutely amazing. Amazing as a community. Thank you. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and do this once a month if this works out and it's of value to people. Um, I'm going to try and answer some of the questions that I've seen coming in and just bear with me because I'm obviously a newbie at this, so I'll do my very best for you. Um, First of all, I'd like to say thank you to Pete, don't repeat, for your donation there. That's very kind of you. And I'm going to answer that question first and then a question that I've seen uh, coming in earlier. And it's great to see so many familiar names like Colin Pippi and Gina A. I, I recognize all from the comments And actually, the comments are quite frustrating in that, you know, I have to go through so many and I can only answer in in such a way. And I want to give big, long answers, but I just don't have the time to do that. So enough talking. Okay. so the first question there I see is, hello, not taking the abuse personal is the hardest for me in the healing process. So many reasons um, and self-esteem is low. Please, can you give some suggestions for that? I really think there are two strands to healing and one of them is what you're doing now and that's finding out about narcissistic abuse and the more educated you get on how a narcissist thinks and how a narcissist is the less personal you will take the things that have happened to you and things the narcissist has said to you because you'll realize that it's not about you. It's about the narcissist problems. It's about their low self-esteem. And they're trying to get rid of all this crap. And they're telling you, you're not all that and you're bad and you're this, so that they feel better about themselves. And they actually do that to everybody that they take on as their main source of narcissistic supply. So I think the more you find out, the more regulated you get with the videos, the education, the more it helps on that strand of healing. And you will find with people, some people think, oh my God, you know, in the beginning of the healing stage, I binge watch the videos. I like need to see another video. It becomes nearly like an addiction. That in essence is actually trying to get your brain rewired and you get some relief from hearing the reality of the situation. So that's why so many of us 
you know, you get out of work and you run to to get another video under your belt to make yourself feel okay and to to hear the truth again and not the narcissist's voice in your head. So the other strand to improving your self-esteem is actually working, and this is a cliche, working on yourself, but it's about starting to make a plan for your life so that you replace whatever the narcissist gave you in relation to validation with your own efforts. And luckily, people that aren't narcissists and don't suffer from narcissistic abuse can re-establish valuable relationships that they have, can work on themselves, can go to therapy, can actually use the narcissistic experience to an advantage for yourself if you choose to do so in the healing process. So whatever issues were brought up in the relationship with the narcissist, wherever you let your boundaries slip, looking at that and looking at the reason for doing that is absolutely like going to a therapist and asking the therapist, what can I work on in my life and how can I improve? So using the experience as a therapy for yourself at a different stage of healing, it's very, very difficult to do this in the beginning, will really help you with your self-esteem and admiring yourself and doing things for yourself. So I hope that answers that question in some way. It is a journey and it's a process. And positive affirmations and reaffirmations of yourself on a daily basis, meeting new people, doing new things and progressing with your life will bring you out of this painful situation. I promise. It doesn't seem like it at the beginning, but I promise. Now, guys, I saw another question there when I was waiting to come on live in the beginning, and I've seen your question as well. I just want to go back up now and see if I can, can get it. I have seen your question. I think it's Gail Howell. Would love any support for a mother with a narcissistic older son. He's now divorced from my daughter-in-law, and there are four children ages 6 to 18. He is shoving his new supply at the kids. And you got a great answer there um, from Minivir765. And I love the way you guys reach out to each other and help each other. It is just amazing. It's no wonder the narcissists loved us. We're really good at this. You're really good at helping each other. So, yeah, basically, you have to go at the problem, not directly, but sideways. So just what... Mimivir765 said, if you go at your son and criticize him and then go against his new supply, he will literally go against you. He'll cut you off. And then the influence that you could have had and the support you could have had won't be as pertinent in the situation. What I would always advise where there are children, even if it's like two parents that are separated in this similar situation and there's children caught in between is to focus on the children. They will learn about the adults and the situation they're in. Children are very good at picking up on things and they're real truth tellers and they're truth seers as well. So as much as we worry about them, they are, they are good at understanding what's actually going on and as they get older, 
they'll come to you and they'll give you the truth that they actually knew what was going on. But if you want to support them, the best thing you can do is to focus on them, ask them how they feel about things, ask them what their opinions are, not on the situation now, just on their own little things that they're doing in school or whatever. It helps them individuate from the narcissist who's trying to get them dependent on them and kind of stop them from being individuals, if that makes sense. So if you can work on giving each of the children attention in their own right and asking them about themselves, asking them how they feel, asking them for their opinions on things. And then if they do come to you with questions about the narcissistic parent, the best thing to say is not to go against the narcissistic parent because the child actually does have a relationship with this person who's their mother or their father. But it's actually to say people are different and, you know, daddy has a different way of doing things and he has a different idea about things or if it's mummy who's the narcissist. And we all have to make up our own minds about things. And this is this is what I think about it. What do you think about it? So it's about getting the child to reflect and come up with their own ideas on what's right and wrong, giving them an alternative perspective, but not actually downing the parent who they love, who they have to figure out. They have to figure out who that parent is and they have to figure out their own relationship with that parent. So hard as it is, Gail, for you to watch this going on and this new supply being shoved at the kids, it has to be allowed to play out to a certain extent on its own. Because if you fuel the fire, it'll be, come into a big drama and it'll affect the kids more. So you staying stable and their mum staying stable and not much attention being given to this situation is actually how it will reduce the situation. So I hope that helps. Now, guys, I'm just trying to come down and see what the the next questions are, moving this down. Uh, Col Colin, thanks for saying hi to Remy. He should, he's there in the background somewhere. Wait till I have a look. Oh, he's in his bed. He's in his bed. I'm just going to show you down there if you can see him. He's in his bed. He might give us a wag later on. Okay, so let's go down in the chat now and see who else has come in. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Desert Eagle, 1955. Hi, Paula. Hi, how are you? When my grandson came with to train with my coat. Oh, sorry. Hang on. This is going too fast. Um, okay, I'm getting back up there now. Hang on. Okay, Daniel Kaiser says, videos on narcissism counter the confusion of narcissistic abuse and gaslighting. Yeah, they sure do. And that's why we often have them on repeat, because we need to get that into our heads and get the narcissist out of our heads. Okay, Julia Berry, my ex has been trying to hoover since May and his messages were reminiscent until the last one, three weeks ago, which was a violent photo. Is this him spiraling into mortification? He's trying to get your attention, Julia. It's It will be impossible to say what's going on in his life, but he's definitely sending you a message like that is 
an attempt to get your attention where he hasn't been able to get it before. It's basically a change in tactic and it's uh, just a new, a new take. It's a new manipulation to see would that be effective. Okay. Take Johnson. I hope I'm saying that right. I went no contact for three weeks. We have three children. I have a PFA. Children wanted to see him and he came out of bushes and tried to kill me. I'm so sad for my children. That's a really hard situation. My God, that's a really hard situation. Okay. It's going to take a lot of care and talking with, with your children and maybe therapy if you can afford it and a, lo a lot of care and, and consideration. That's a very serious situation. Okay, Anita24, do you think narcissists are born or made? I think both. I think that I think that we're born with personality traits. And I think it depends on which traits are nurtured and which traits are put down. How much trauma we come across in our lives and what guidance we receive and whether our upbringing is stable or unstable. So I basically think that people are born more likely to be narcissistic in their outlook genetically but will be encouraged because of their circumstances to either concentrate on that way of living or become narcissistic in that they're pretty narcissistic but have some degree of empathy or revert to becoming an empath in understanding the pain and not wanting it to be perpetuated on others. So the answer to that question is, I think it's both as well. Darcy Barwick, thank you for saving my life. Oh my God, Darcy, I tell you, you're, you're so welcome if the videos have helped. I got the same help when I was going through and looking for answers to my questions. So I know what you're talking about and I'm so grateful to so many people on YouTube that have extended that help, extended it to me and to others. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm actually doing this now and also my absolute disgust, horror and, in, how can you say, insult at the fact that there are narcissists out there. I couldn't believe what went on with the person I was with. And I just had to speak about it. I remember making the first few videos and... I wasn't going to do anything with it. Like I didn't even know if anybody would look at it, but I just felt people have to know about this. People have to know that this exists so that we don't get destroyed because some of us get off, you know, you might say likely, even if you're on the floor in pain and just about surviving, other people don't actually survive this. So that was one of the reasons I started making these videos and I didn't, even ever begin to think that I'd be sitting here doing a live on YouTube, but thank you for your thank you, basically. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to be able to do something I love doing. 
Okay, um, I'm going down this too quickly. Keep, I keep moving this down very quickly. Um, is there any way to slow that down so I can, I keep hopping from one, just keep, thank you. You see over there in the chat, it goes, moves very quickly. Oh, you do it that way? Yeah, so you use two fingers. Thank you. Okay. Woo, that is brilliant. Okay, it's amazing what a little technology can do. Okay. Um, let me see. Okay. Sleepy Demi's. Okay, you're answering a question there. Okay, Katkins three seven nine question: Is the narrowing down to nothing like Stockholm syndrome because I keep going back? Yeah. Okay. A lot of people will go back to a narcissist. Nine. 13 times getting to know about narcissistic abuse, educating yourself on it will make you go back less and less. You may still go back. I do remember going through a phase myself when I was finding out about this and I watched loads of YouTube videos, got a lot of education and I thought I'll never go back. And then um, I wanted to go back so much. I was missing the narcissist. And I call this part of the addiction. The narcissist becomes your whole purpose in your life. They isolate you. They make you feel like you're very worthless. Um, they do a real job on you so that you can't seem to get any happiness from anything else you used to do. And you're addicted to going back to them to look for answers, to look for closure. So I remember at one stage thinking, oh, look, this is all YouTube stuff. I mean, this is about my life. This is just theories on YouTube. It's amazing what the mind will do to convince oneself when you kind of like want to take drugs or take a drink or go back to the narcissist. So you can go back as many times as you want to a narcissist. Each time is more destructive and each time eats away at who you are yourself. And eventually you go back and because you're getting the education, you don't get the same validation from the narcissist because you see what's going on. And even when you quote the Stockholm syndrome, that breaks down to a certain extent, the more you go back and the more you see. But it is dangerous because you can be brought to the point where you don't see any other way that you don't have any hope so you stay there until you're totally destroyed so even if you do go back to the narcissist we're human beings you know permission to be human here permission to make mistakes don't be hard on yourself but work on yourself as much as you possibly can re-establish your interests go back to work re-establish relationships i mean the narcissist is not going to like this because the narcissist wants to stay in control of you. So they will go against you doing anything like that. And as you see them going against you doing anything like that, I'm hoping it will awaken the warrior in you, the person that says, did I come down into this world to be somebody else's slave? Like, should I obliterate my own life for this person? Should I sacrifice myself for another person? Am I less than this person? So 
in a way it's a it's a life decision you have to make um about how you want to live your life and if you want to live a, a dead life and just be a servile person in service to somebody else there's a lot of questions here that you can ask yourself when you do go back to a narcissist so i hope that answers that one okay so hi paula hi well-rounded says hi paula can't stop ruminating about my ex what's the first most constructive step to take to stop missing the relationship missing that person and to start healing this is an oldie uh, the best and the best and the best way to stop ruminating is full no contact that means essentially that you block the narcissist on every opening or avenue they have to you but you also stop looking at their social media and i remember at one stage last year this amazing person left this comment about when we view the narcissist social media you know once we've been discarded or whatever it's essentially pain shopping i thought that was an amazing way to put it pain shopping to look at the narcissist with their new supply this is the biggest way to stop ruminating because all the neuro pathways in your brain that the narcissist has laid down and the narcissist has really messed your brain up and the way it thinks it's like a virus getting into a computer program and it's going every which way and there's new neuro pathways laid down by the narcissist to say narcissist equals pleasure pleasure equals survival must have narcissist back must think about things that happened with the narcissist to kind of keep the relationship alive so no contact is mega in stopping the ruminating no pain shopping no social media uh voyeuring or checking in on the next thing to do is to make a plan for your life make a plan for a month ahead small steps to achieving goals set a goal for a year ahead think about your life use this experience as i said earlier on to make a positive change in your life to look at yourself to decide who do you want to be you can be anybody that you want you are not the amalgamation of other people's opinions of who you should be what your parents told you you were even what you tell yourself is important like if you tell yourself um i'm not very good at socializing um i'm shy that becomes your reality so to speak and that is who you believe you are so it's a case of saying i'm actually very good at socializing and i'm not shy and you change your reality so it's the same with ruminating and you're probably saying to me well it's not that easy but with re repetition you lay down new neuro pathways and then you push yourself a little bit forward to do something social and then you repeat i'm actually good in good in social situations so you do the same in relation to the ruminating about the narcissist when your mind tells you i wish i was with the narcissist now you catch that thought and you say uh uh i'm so glad i'm not with the narcissist now because and you put something positive in that place 
you do the normal things that you would expect, you know, in relation to recovery and you self-care and you look after your exercise and you look after what you eat and you be very nice to yourself and you start treating yourself the way you would have treated the narcissist or the way you would treat a friend who was recovering from something very painful. So they're the most constructive steps I think a person can take when they're missing the relationship. And also to put in perspective who your narcissist was, like your image of the person that they presented to you in the love bomb stage is kind of lodged in your head. And it's okay to grieve that person. That was your person, but it wasn't the person who existed in reality as you saw as the relationship progressed and you probably saw in the discard. So it's important to re-reference the person that you actually fell in love with, with the person who you actually found out you were having a relationship with. So anytime the mind goes romanticizing, romanticizing the person that you were presented with, put that into perspective and put the reality into perspective as to what exactly they did to you. Okay, two fingers. Keith, you were saying two fingers to get this done. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Um, sorry guys, my technical skills are not good. Okay. Um, you're a lone assistant. Hi Paula, I'm thankful for you. Even though I live Sorry, that's gone on me. I'm going to have to get better at this. Okay. Even though I lived a dead life with them, I feel I still live a dead life, stuck in so much grief, accepting the reality of it all. No contact, just stuck. Yep. We go through, as I said, the stages of healing are quite complex and we do get stuck at different times of our healing process. What I would say to you in this instance is do something new. It doesn't have to be focused on your healing. It just has to be you changing something. I know that that sounds very simplistic, but if we decide we're stuck, we kind of stay stuck, if that makes sense. So if we say to ourselves, I seem to be stuck back there, but I'm not going to be stuck anymore. I'm going to do something new. It brings in new energy to your situation. It takes the focus off the fact that, oh, I'm healing. I must heal. I must go to the next stage. I'm not feeling better. I need to feel better. And then focusing back on the narcissist. It puts the focus back on you having to do something new, whether it's a sport, joining a group, changing jobs, changing location, Whatever it is, the momentum of that will pull you through onto the next stage of your healing. And also the grieving process, which is a complex grieving process. 
if you need coaching, get coaching through different stages. If you're stuck, if you're stuck and you have a question you're stuck on, write the question down and go look for the answer and don't stop until you get the answer. And that can sometimes stop your brain from, you know, the way sometimes the computer gets stuck or your phone gets stuck and it's swirling around. If you turn it off and restart it. So once you get the answer, you, you can kind of file it away in your brain and go on to the next thing that can help sometimes because sometimes we want to subconsciously actually stay stuck because we feel we don't have the energy to move forward or fear keeps us stuck fear of the unknown and sometimes even people will know that they're in an abusive relationship and they'll stay in it because it's what they know and maybe it's what they were brought up with this the dynamic may be familiar to how they were treated in their family situation in their family of origin and it's very fearful to break out of that and to change the idea of who you are and to feel that if you try and do something new with all that programming that you've been told that you're hopeless and that you're really bad and you're crazy will that just be reaffirmed by when you do something new so fear often keeps us stuck so being very kind to yourself and caring for your inner child caring for the the little you going back to the 10 year old you and kind of having a chat with yourself as if that part of you is still there because it is and say to that part of you it's okay, I'm going to look after you and we're going to do our best to move forward with this. And if what we do in moving forward doesn't work, we're going to try something else because we're worth saving, you're worth saving. I'm going to take care of you now. I'm an adult and I have a few better ideas and ways that I can do this. So I hope that helps in relation to the, the stuck, being stuck. Okay, Daniel... Kaiser says, Kaiser, sorry about the name pronunciation and the Irish accent as well. Although no contact is not always possible, it is necessary to get out of the toxic environment so healing can happen. Otherwise, you have to manage the situation, possible but exhausting. Again, no contact is the holy grail for healing. It's not always possible. I can hear people saying it's not possible with children. Sometimes it's not possible in family situations. The more work we do on ourselves in relation to just damn well loving ourselves and valuing ourselves and making a new life for ourselves post narcissistic abuse, the less triggered we get by the narcissist's comments and them trying to get at us in some way, the more it is possible to grey rock a narcissist. And when we have to deal with them, we put control measures in, like we, we will cut off the amount of ways they can communicate with us. And say we have to communicate via email, even if we have to do that through a lawyer. When they send emails about 
their opinions of things, et cetera, et cetera. We just answer with the times of pickup for the children, et cetera. We don't go down the rabbit holes they want us to go down. And if it gets too excessive, we go back to the lawyer and we say um, the communication is inappropriate and you would just like to deal with logistics. They'll also try and trigger you, particularly in, in situations where there's children with turning up late, not turning up, sending excuses, wanting to change days. If you can understand that for a while, this is part and parcel of dealing with a narcissistic parent who you're trying to co-parent with, it will ease off, particularly as the children get older, you can get them phones and you can talk to them rather than having to go through the parent all the time. So if you can get through this stage, put controls in place in as much as possible, make it as annoying as possible for them to mess you around, give them gray rock feedback, no emotional response. They eventually get fed up trying to annoy you. They'll then try to annoy you through the children. So I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here in relation to when no contact is not possible. They will try and annoy you through the children and that is also has to be managed. So rather than go on about this, um, I would probably try and put that into an upcoming video. No contact is not always possible. No contact is the holy grail, but there's a way to do limit of contact, gray rock contact, control contact. And that boils down nearly always to the person learning about themselves, learning not to be triggered by a narcissist um, in managing the situation with one. So, um, Moving down now, guys. Okay. Okay, Mikhail, Mikhail, Shalom. I did give advice there in relation to the ruminating um, in an earlier comment. So, okay. Nars, okay, Starsh. Starshine says, narcissists love the online dating apps and sites. It's their hunting grounds to look for vulnerable and empathic people and codependents too. Yes, I mean, if narcissists from years ago had to design a honey trap, they would have designed dating, online dating. It's a fantastic vehicle for them to peruse likely sources of narcissistic supply and to present a false image of who they are. So dating sites are a dangerous place for people to be, to be honest with you. Um, I know some people do meet good people through them, but they have to be used with a hell of a lot of discernment because you're actually putting yourself out there to be noticed by a narcissist. And narcissists are very attuned to picking up the minute of detail about a person and even asking you two questions and your response to a person or a narcissist can give them a very good inclination as to whether you're an empath or not, how you feel about yourself, how easy you would be to manipulate. It's unbelievable. 
And again, I speak about the spiritual experience with narcissists. Um, they're very good. They're very streetwise at picking up on people. I, I also do believe that there's a spiritual element to this, that they're very, very good. They have this ability to hone in on people that are going to be very good for them, who they're not going to be very good for. Okay, Holly Lewis says, I'm old enough to not have really gotten into dating sites. I may have tried one once when the first one ones came out and got a bunch of creepy requests. Laugh a lot. Ew. Yep. As I say, it's it's better if you want to meet someone, even though dating sites, dating sites are kind of like going to McDonald's. You know, you can pick up a ready meal, but it's not going to be very sustaining sometimes or nutritious. It's a quick fix a lot of the time. Um, what I would suggest is if you're lonely, if you feel like, you know, you're ready to meet someone, all the other things in your life are in place and you feel like going out and meeting someone, I would suggest, again, this has come up a few times now in this live session, I would suggest doing something new, doing something you're passionate about. In that way, you're more than likely to meet your tribe or people that think like you and more than likely to meet someone who's more compatible with you or at least you have some reference on, even though that doesn't always work out. You know, people can have family friends or friends of a friend who other people give feedback on, give you some context on as being okay, and they can turn out to be narcissists. But guys, we want to limit the possibilities of meeting them. So if you do do something that you believe in and follow your purpose, you're hopefully more than likely to meet somebody who's akin to your way of thinking and have a better chance of getting some context on them, getting some background and what they really think so that they're not just coming into the relationship and mirroring you and saying, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I believe in that. I, you know, that's they're my beliefs, too. At least, you you know, you have the opportunity to see that they're putting their beliefs in practice before you they actually met you. OK, Belladonna7 says, hi, Paula, my narc wanders off when we're out together, then blaming. Then blaming me and causing arguments, how to deal with that. Okay, so they're wandering off and then they're gaslighting you by saying it was your fault that they wandered off and they're causing arguments over it. Belladonna7, I would say, would it be time to think about why you're with this person? Because if you're with a narcissist and you know you're with a narcissist, and they keep wandering off and you're out and they keep gaslighting you, blaming you and causing arguments. Ask yourself, is that the way you would like to live? Is that the way you want to live going forward? They're more than likely up to no good. They're showing you a lack of respect, a lot of disrespect. And then they're blaming you for having a boundary over that. So I would just focus on what's going on there, essentially and the lack of respect that you're being shown and ask yourself, is that the way you want to go forward? Okay, Jennifer O'Neill. Hi, Paula. Why would a narcissist cruelly discard you but want to remain friends, yet no contact since the discard? 
that is essentially what we would call in the community as shelving you with little effort. So what they're actually saying to you is, I don't want to be with you any longer at the moment. I have somebody I consider will give me more narcissistic supply. I don't even want to bother communicating with you to make sure that you're on the shelf because I have a very good idea that you're going to miss me so badly that I'm going to discard you so cruelly that you will be there in six months time. Should I, should I flick my finger and say, come back. So essentially what the narcissist has done there has put you on the shelf as an option in case the situation with the new supply doesn't work out and is so confident and arrogant about that, that they've decided that you're going to be there anyway. And they've decided they will perpetuate the pain by having no contact with you in between so that you have a very long and good, hard, painful time to reflect on your misendeavors in the relationship, your lack of respect for them. And this is the narcissist saying this so that you will be far more controllable should they deem you worthy as an option for them to take you off the shelf and go back with you for a certain length of time, basically to use you. So guys, I'm going to answer uh, a few more questions and then uh, just call it a day for this first live. I hope that's okay. I'm really glad that we could. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really glad to have been able to even answer some. Okay. Um, the real Osita. Olita. How how did they pull us back at eight months? No con. I let go. He came back Sunday. The three I let go was happy Monday the fourth. He came back and we had the longest talk in a year. We talked about rebuilding. Guys, the narcissist will do whatever they need to do to hoover you, particularly after a long period of absence. And I would say to you that a lot of narcissists do what I would term the holiday hoover coming up to Thanksgiving in November and Christmas and the cold weather. So when they want to hunker down or have a nice house to stay in or remember how well you looked after them, they will say whatever they need to say. They will tell you that the earth is square and that you're the most beautiful person in the world. They'll go to therapy. They'll do whatever it takes to rebuild the relationship. They'll speak your speak. Um, they'll basically do anything they need to do to get you back hooked in. So if you do decide to go back to this person, if you do decide that you're not sure they're a narcissist and you want to give it another try, or if your addiction is kicking in and you haven't managed to work on your life and rebuilding it in such a way that it's a defense that you'd never want a narcissist in your life again, that you're too joyful and too enjoy too much enjoying your life, then what you do is if you do take them back, you watch you watch them, their actions rather than their words, and you see how much they're willing to do to back up their words. Basically, you want to see if the sorry is a sorry or if it's just words they're saying to you to get you in a position where they're back in the house and then they're good for a week or two and then it all goes to 
the you know what s h uh, situation again okay i'm going to just take a last question here um guys you're really helping each other out thank you and do, do, do. soon i was hooked he blocked me and i'm flowing back to normal again i'm sorry guys um seeking truth they destroy every occasion that you're looking forward to so that's the last question guys what a, thank you holly lewis see you've donated there thank you so much okay of course they will block any occasion you're looking forward to because it's not something maybe that they have organized it's not something you're going to enjoy because of them they haven't set it up see basically you're an extension of the narcissist and that's why they work so hard at destroying your personality not allowing you have any say in things you have to literally be a part of the narcissist's body so if you can imagine someone asking the narcissist's arm to a party and the arm looking forward to it the narcissist is going to say excuse me where do you think you're going you know i didn't decide we would go to this party how dare you you know think you're going to leave my body and go to the party and also you getting validation from an outside source or anything that's of you kind of gives you authority, your own self-agency. And that means the narcissist's control is waning and your attention and your validation is coming from somewhere else. And narcissists have a huge, thank you, Nathan. Hi, hello. Thank you for your donation. Narcissists have a huge problem with anyone other than them being the star of the show. So they will definitely ruin special occasions that you look forward to. And also, yeah, also kind of take your hope away. Take yourself, yourself away from you. So guys, no one was born, as I said, in the earlier stages of the life to be a slave. No one was born to have to go through this awful life that narcissists insist people have just so that they can control them, just so they can feel empowered. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm just going to cut off now. Thank you also, guys, for helping each other out. There has been a hell of a lot of wisdom going through this, this, these questions and this feed. I will definitely do this next month. I will practice my technical skills so these questions don't keep going up so quickly and I can give you a bit more value. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful Saturday and weekend. If you're in a very early stage of healing, please take hope from all these people here in our community who are at different stages of healing that you will make it through. Stick with the advice that you're given here. Learn about narcissists and then learn about your beautiful self. Keep going. Don't give up. It gets amazing after a while. Jack, I see you there. Thank you for that donation and thank you for your support as always. Going to end the stream now, guys. Bye for now. Much love to you all and thank you for supporting me. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me in this first endeavor. Been very nervous about doing a live feed, but 
my nervousness has been overcome because I just wanted to say hi to you and I wanted to be part of you rather than just writing answers in comments. Bye for now. Bye for me and bye from Remy and bye from Keith. Thank you for your help, Keith. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.